Welcome to Mastering Your Financial Life, hosted by Judy Heft, the founder and CEO of Judith Heft and Associates Financial and Lifestyle Concierge. This year, they're celebrating 26 years in business. In every episode, Judy interviews professionals who help others successfully manage their financial lives. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Judy is the author of two books, How to Be Smart, Successful, and Organized with Your Money, For a Better Today and Tomorrow, and her latest book, Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles, How to Successfully Manage Money in Every Decade of Life. You can read chapters of her books and catch prior episodes of this show at www.juditheft.com. Now here's the host of Mastering Your Financial Life, Judy Heft. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our 11th episode of Mastering Your Financial Life. And I'm really excited today to have Melissa Feekak as my guest. Melissa is uh, the founder of South Jersey Divorce Solutions, and she's a mediator and collaborative divorce attorney. And she works, she's got over 20 years of experience working with different clients. And, you know, she's really worked hard to help her clients figure out a way to get divorced in a very nice, calm way without being combative. And it's not always easy. So I'm really excited to have Melissa here today so she can tell us a little bit about it. So, you know, it's really great to have her. So Melissa, welcome. I'm really happy to have you here. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself too? Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Judy. So as you said, I, I've been practicing family law for over 22 years now. Um, my first 10 years in my career, I was primarily a litigator, meaning I was mostly in court, battling things out. And what I learned during those years is that that's not really a great way for people to divorce. It's actually really terrible. Um, you have a situation where families are allowing a judge who doesn't know them, doesn't know anything about their lives, making monumental decisions such as who has custody, who has parenting time when, where a child may be going to college, uh, who gets the house. You know, all these big decisions are being made by somebody who really isn't involved in that family's life. And I was very disillusioned and, and to the point where I almost thought about getting out of family law at all, you know, completely and thinking about a different career. And then I looked at what are the other ways that people can divorce. And that's when I got into mediation and collaborative divorce. And I found that these are ways that spouses can control and, and basically make their own decisions about how they're going to live the rest of their lives. And I found that that's just a better way that parents tend to co-parent better when they divorce that way, that children tend to be happier because they're not dealing with all the tension and, and anger that goes on, um, that the satisfaction is better because, again, they're the ones that have made the decisions. They're the ones that have decided what's going to happen with their financial future, their children's future. And also that it costs less money. <laughs> you know, that's an, another thing. That's is, a good point. Yeah, for the, the litigants, it costs them a heck of a lot less money. Um, so if you're spending less, and you're more satisfied. Why wouldn't you want to divorce that way? That makes so much sense. You know, I have to say, I have my daughter was married for, mm, I guess, about nine or 10 years with two young children, and it wasn't working out. And they did a collaborative mediation 
type of divorce. And you know what? It's so interesting to me that they are so mature about it. They're really good friends and they it really helps to have the way they co-parent. You know, they get along and they didn't have to go through nasty court fights and, you know, custody problems. They really share everything beautifully. And I'm just so proud of them as a young couple of what they've been able to do to put their children first. And I think that's so important. And so many people don't do that. And I know that when I got my divorce, I definitely wasn't that mature. I mean, my kids were older, so it was a little easier. They weren't living at home, but there was, you know, a lot more tension going on. And I'm just proud of them. And I think it's a great way to do it. And so, yeah, thank you for offering that service. So, you know, I'm always wondering, like, what's the difference between collaborative divorce and how is it typical di different from the typical divorce? Typical divorce, I would assume, means more litigious, you know, and that's really what most people do. They come in from two different sides and they have opposing attorneys. But, you know, what is, you know, how do you explain a collaborative divorce and why is it better or different? Not to mention the financial part of it. Sure. So collaborative divorce is something that's newer. It's only been around for, I think, less than 30 years. It's similar to mediation in that it's an out-of-court process. It's also confidential. So what I always tell clients what happens there, it's like the Vegas sayings, you know, what happens there stays there. You don't have to worry about your dirty laundry being put out there for everybody to see. And that's one of the downfalls of litigation is you're often in an open courtroom so people can hear what happened during your marriage that maybe you don't want people to know. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Yeah. And in a collaborative divorce, uh, the benefit is that you each have your own attorneys and the ideals for each to have a collaboratively trained attorney, because it's a different way of practicing law than when you do litigation. It's really a different mindset. So each of the parties have their own attorneys that represent them. And then we work together as a team. So we work in a process where we are meeting together to try to resolve their differences, to figure out how to divide the assets, how to work out custody and parenting time, how to work out support, how to look at life insurance, college, all those other things that you have to think about to plan for the future. And by doing it in a team process, we're not using adversarial tactics. We're not trying to fight against one another. We're trying to work together. It doesn't mean that we don't advocate for our clients. When I am in a collaborative case, I am still advocating for the benefit of my client. I'm not as concerned about what's going on on the other side. But at the same time, we do want to pr protect the children. We want to make sure that we come up with an agreement that is going to work out for everybody. Um, one of the things in a collaborative process is that we sign what's called a participation agreement. So we sign an agreement, it's like a contract that basically says, we are going to work together outside of the courts. In the event that one of the spouses or both of them decide, this isn't working for us, I'd rather take my chances with a judge, then what happens is everybody that's in the process has to get out, meaning all the attorneys have to leave the process. They cannot continue to represent and part of the reason for that is, is that um, it gives people more skin in the game. You know, they're less likely to leave if they know that their attorneys are going to be out of the process. But it's also in the collaborative process, the attorneys are privy to information that maybe they would not have been in a normal litigated divorce. And so therefore, it would not really be ethically correct for them to then appear in court. 
Oh, I had no idea about that. So I think it's a lot of it coming in with the right mindset because you can't come in there hating your former spouse and wanting to kill them and just, you know, not wanting to agree with anything. You have to come in with a more of an open mind, I think, and to be more loving. I mean, after all, you were married for a while and there was something there once and, you know, trying not to forget that that was there and just working together so that you can split amicably because that's like, especially if there's children, that's always in the best interest of the children to be, you know, going forward with the future activities and holidays and things like that. You want to be on good terms. So I'm sure it's, you know, you have to set your mind up first, I would think, correct? Well, you you do have to come into the process being willing to not only talk about what are the issues, but also being willing to listen to what the other side has to say. But you don't have to be all friendly. A lot of times people think, oh, it's very kumbaya, but it's really not. A lot of times people come in with a lot of anger, resentment, um, feelings of uh, maybe even mistrust. And we deal with that. And one of the ways we deal with that is we bring in somebody called a divorce coach. And the divorce coach is a mental health professional that helps us address the emotional parts of a divorce. Because as attorneys, yes, we, we, you know, we are kind of a counselor in some ways, but we're not trained to do that. So by having that mental health professional to um, deal with the emotional flare-ups that come up, that is a really great help to kind of put down some of those anger, some of those feelings and get to really the heart of, well, how can we move forward in a very positive fashion to allow them to co-parent? Uh, doesn't mean that every collaborative divorce, people walk out as best friends. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but they can at least walk out feeling, okay, this was a process that I was able to successfully settle my marriage, resolve all the differences, divorce in a way that I wanted to divorce, have a say in how I divorced. And I feel okay. I feel that, you know, this is a good thing. I don't feel like I got beaten up. I don't feel like um, I took advantage of the other side or I was taken advantage of. That is, I can it, is it a shorter process than a litigation? It can be. It's really up to the spouses as to how quickly or how slowly they want to move. And that's one of the great advantages too, is if the spouses are really motivated and they say, we need to get divorced before the end of the year because of X, Y, or Z. They can do that. Or conversely, if something happens, like let's say a spouse becomes ill during the process and they need six months or a year to recover, you can say, okay, we're going to put things on hold for the next year to allow spouse to deal with whatever treatment he or she needs to be able to get themselves healthy and get back on the right track where you don't have that option in the courts. I can't say to a judge, hey, judge, my client has breast cancer and we need to take six months off. They're going to say, OK, dismiss your complaint and refile and start from scratch six months. So in the collaborative process, the spouses can control how quickly or how slowly they want to move forward. Oh, that's great information. I had no idea how that worked. So that's really helpful to people. So let's talk about the finances a little bit. So what are some of the things that people should consider about their divorce when they're planning for their financial future? I think a lot of people think, well, I'm only going to be taking care of myself, but, you know, it'll cost me half as much. But that's really not the right way to think about it, because that's wrong. You have two apartments, two homes, two this, two that. You know, you're not splitting anything in half. 
you're really doubling your expenses. So I think yeah, that's something to think about. Yeah, that, that's really true. And it, finances is really sometimes the most difficult part, um, especially when it comes to support, child support and alimony. Those are extremely difficult conversations to have. And a lot of times people become very finite. They can uh, become emotionally attached to certain financial things. For example, the house. That's a, always a common thread where, oh, I want to keep the house because it's important for me for the kids. The kids just want to be happy and they don't care necessarily where they live. They just want to live with you know mom and dad and see both parents. They don't necessarily have the attachment, but the parents have the attachment to this object and they may not realize, well, you could barely afford the house when there was two of you paying for the expenses. Now you're only going to have one of you paying the expenses. You probably can't afford it. Um, or it just may not make financial sense. It may make sense to downsize, live in a smaller home and put more money away towards retirement or the future. And that's a, you know, again, a conversation that really needs to happen is, you know, why are you looking to stay with the, this asset? You know, why is this house so important to you? Um, sometimes with people, a pension is really, really important to them. They, they're willing to give up the farm to be able to keep their pension. And it's like, well, does that make financial sense? Because maybe you need to have more of cash now than have cash in the future. Um, because even if you have to give up a portion of your pension, you may have other assets that are going to be able to provide for your future. Um, and so it, it, that's a big discussion. And that's one of the other great things about the collaborative process is we use financial professionals to come into the process, to actually sit down with the, the, the parties and go over these things. Because again, we're attorneys. <laughs> we're not necessarily the best people to give financial advice. I always tell clients, like if you have tax issues, go speak to your accountant because they're going to be better able to tell you if you should divorce in 2022 or you should wait till 2023. Um, you know, if you have an asset like a retirement account, well, what's the better way to, to split that? Or maybe is it better to take a cash advance or whatever it is? talk to your financial professional. They have a better understanding of how that works. And is it better to get more money out of the house or more money out of a retirement account? What's going to make more financial sense? And in the collaborative process, again, we often use financial advisors and financial neutrals to assist the spouses to making those kind of decisions, to do budget planning for what's going to happen post-divorce, to look at, you know, this is the amount of resources you're going to have and this is how you want to live. Well, how can we have that happen? Oh, that's so helpful because I think most people that I have found over the years don't even have a handle on their finances. They don't know what they're spending on what category. They have no idea how to figure that out. So it's great that you bring in a financial neutral to help them figure it out because money, first of all, is very emotional. And then divorce, nobody gets married planning to have a divorce. It's so emotional whether you want it or not doesn't matter whether you want it. It's still, you know, emotionally disruptive. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, when I got divorced, I had to give up my home. We sold the home and I knew I couldn't afford to stay there on my own. And, but it was just, but I will say that over the years, every once in a while, I get a little pain, you know, like I wish I had the house. And then I think to myself, are you crazy? You wouldn't have been able to manage all those repairs and all that mess. You're better off living in a condo somewhere with no, you know, extra expenses and you don't have to put a roof on it or whatever else, no, no landscaping else. But, but it is emotional and we're definitely emotionally attached. And, you know, it just, we relate to a lot of our clients. Like I think, uh, let's say of the 
four main leader people on our leadership team were all have been divorced. One is remarried, but all the rest of us are single women that have been divorced. So we get it. We understand how difficult it is. It's not fair to the children, you know, but it turns out to be usually better for the children in the end anyway, but going through it can be very messy. But I always said, I said to my ex when we were going through the divorce, I know I'm going to be fine on the other end, but you need to help me get through this because it's just so emotional, which I don't know if he really did help me. Maybe I don't know why I said that. I was like still living in a dream world, maybe, but whatever. <laughs> but it's, it is hard. It's hard to give up your home that you lived in for so many years and give all, you know, you have to split up your possessions or whatever the case may be. So, yeah. So I want to take a little break now. And then when we come back, we'll talk some more with Melissa. I'm here with Melissa Peacock. <laughs> Got to learn how to pronounce that, Melissa. Melissa Fikak, who is a uh, collaborator, and her company is South Jersey Divorce Solutions. Hey there. I just want to tell you a little bit about my new book that just came out called Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles. And here it is. It's how to successfully manage your money in every decade of life. I co-authored this with my CFO, Liz Levy. And together, we created this manual that's going to help you through every stage of life. We talk about having a baby. We talk about young adulthood, pre-retirement, what to do when you're at that age of retirement. If you're contemplating divorce, do you need an estate plan? We cover all of these, each subject in a different chapter. And I really think that you're going to find this so helpful because at the end of every chapter, we have checklists that you can look at and you can use and they can be a guide for you. So this is a wonderful manual that we've created. It's available on Amazon. You can also find it on our website at judithhep.com slash book. And we're here for you. If you need anything, reach out. I hope you enjoy the book. Here's another picture of it, just so you know what's going on. Here it is. And I'm really proud of it. It's my second book. And I'd love to have you uh, read it and give me your feedback. Judy Heft, judithheft.com, financial and lifestyle concierge, celebrating 26 years in business. And over the years, I've learned so much. And what I've been trying to do is impart a little bit of this knowledge to you so I can help all of you become as financially organized as I am. And we're back with Melissa. So Melissa, you know, not everybody has financial problems when they get divorced. Some people are, you know, high net worth and they have money and they're not really worried about it, even though some of those people really still don't have a clue on what they're spending on. But, you know, like what are some of the things that people should consider when they're concerned about their financial future, whether they have a lot or a little, you know, they here they are, their partner did everything for them. You know, they handle all the bill paying, all the bookkeeping. They don't even have access to a lot of user IDs and passwords, and they need really help. So what are some of the things to consider during those times? Well, those those people that, like you just said, they didn't really have access to the bills. Their spouse paid everything. They don't even have an idea of what they spend each month on the mortgage, food, clothing, rent, you know, whatever their costs are they really have the biggest difficulty after a divorce. And so again, I really try to strive that it's important for them to work with somebody like a financial advisor to talk about how they're going to budget for their future. So not looking just for the immediate future, but also looking towards, you know, what's going to happen at retirement? What's going to happen when they start collecting social security? Um, it's really important for them to get a handle of what is the current 
situation? You know, what are they spending currently? So they can get an idea of what, how they have been living. Cause they just know, oh, I live in a house and I have a car and I have this, right. but they don't know how it gets paid for. So it's really important for them to understand that. So here in New Jersey, what we do is we fill out what's called a confident uh, case information statement. And what that is, is it's a 10 page document that spells out what are their expenses? What are their debts? What are their assets? And what's the income that they have? So this way it gives a financial picture. So what I often tell people is, as you're getting ready for a divorce, start getting bank statements, start getting credit card statements, start, you know, collecting your W-2s from last year and your tax returns, because this is all going to help us to develop what that financial picture is. So we can look at how you lived during the marriage. And then we can start planning for how you're going to live post-marriage. So we can start looking at how are you going to, because like you said, you can't go from two incomes in one household and live exactly the same in two separate households. Even the high financial uh, wage earners, there still are changes that have to be made. They may be more subtle, but they're still going to have to make adjustments in how they they live their lives. Um, So you have to look at, you know, what did we, how did we live and how can I live going forward? And again, for those people who are clueless, I always try to direct them to somebody who can sit down and spell out financially what that picture looks like. I think it's really important for people to empower themselves by sitting down with a financial professional like yourself to look at what, can, how can I get to my goals? My goal is I want to retire at 65. I want to buy a shore house. I want to um, live in a condo somewhere in Florida, you know, whatever it is, how can I get there? That's so good. Yeah. So we work with a lot of clients that are, they come to us and they're contemplating divorce and they have no idea where to begin. So what we do is we take a look at their last six months of living expenses and try to, you know, help them. We fill out their, I don't know what, I forgot what you said you called in New Jersey, but here in New York, it's a financial affidavit statement and that word, same thing. And they want to know all the details of what you're spending. So we help our clients fill that out. And then we sit down and we work with them. We help them figure out a spending plan going forward so they know what they need and what they have coming in and what they're what's going out. It's really important to sit down with a professional and get that kind of help. I think it's great that you work with lots of different professionals when you're helping your clients through divorce, because like you said, you're not a therapist, you know, you're not a, a CPA, you're an attorney. And I know I like to say that too. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a therapist, although I do have to practice therapy sometimes with my clients because <laughs> everybody needs a therapist once in a while. But anyway, so yeah, so those are some of the things that we help with too. I think it's great. So this was great, Melissa. I'm so glad that we had a chance to speak today. So how can they, uh, people listening, how can they find you? Where are you located? And What's going on with that? Sure. So my office is located in South Jersey. We're in Merchantville, New Jersey. We cover pretty much any part of the state, but we primarily practice in Camden County, Burlington County, and Camden. People can find me on um, the internet uh, through our website, which is sjdivorcesolutions.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those wonderful places. Um, And we also have a YouTube channel, which has a lot of videos that we talk about 
different issues with regards to family law, not just about collaborative divorce and mediation, but we also talk about litigated issues like domestic violence, um, trials, things like that all aspects of family law. And I think that's a great way for people to get information and learn more about what we do and what services we provide. That's great, Melissa. There's so much to learn. So for our listeners, if you're in the South Jersey area and you're contemplating a divorce or in the middle of a divorce, a litigation that you don't want, you want to switch to collaborative or mediation, reach out to Melissa. You know, We'll put in the link how you can find her. We're going to post this on LinkedIn. So you'll be able to find her. So thank you so much, Melissa. It was great having you today. I really enjoyed talking to you and I learned a bunch of stuff too. I hope our listeners did too. Thank you, Judy. You've been listening to Mastering Your Financial Life hosted by Judy Heft. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing this show with others. You can read chapters of Judy's books and catch prior episodes of Mastering Your Financial Life at www.judytheft.com.